0: Hello everyone, and as promised, we're in season two of On Track. I'm your host, Anthony George, and we are here with the lovely Miss Kimberly Prescott to talk about mental health. And in this season of On Track, um, I want to talk about some topics that affect a lot of people. You know, in season one, I basically talk about my life, you know, getting from one stage to the next. But there's so many other Issues that people are dealing with that I probably haven't experienced firsthand. And in this season, we want to make the podcast a bit more interactive and hear from you guys, you know, topics that you want us to cover. But for now, we're going to start with mental health. And this is on the back of my story from season one. You know, I covered my upbringing and transition from one job to the other. starting and running my businesses. And to the end of the day, um, a lot of people being in that position would be very content, you know, they'll be very happy, they'll think that this is life, you know. But for me, it was a bit different. Um, There were a series of events that led to me not really enjoying all the successes I've had. And I began suffering Um, mentally from, I wouldn't say from attaining all of these things, but as a byproduct of being successful, um, it comes with some problems. And I realized that I was suffering from mental health issues, slowly going crazy. And I just decided to step away from everything, you know, give it all up to focus on me, give myself some space to think and deal with my issues. And In the end, um, I decided to join the army, which is a pretty daring thing to do, you know, with the possibility of suffering from PTSD and all of that. But um, (laughs) it's just funny. I've always wanted to be in the army and I just realized at this stage in my life, being 25 at the time, there's nothing better for me to do. You know, I've already attained everything i wanted in st vincent and the next step was for me to just go for my dreams so that's what i did you know i had to leave everything behind join the army but the question still remains like um what do we do with mental health you know a lot of men walk around looking strong and healthy and brave but they are afraid to be vulnerable You know, they were afraid to tell anyone that they've suffered from mental illness. And that is a topic that I really hope people would tune in and listen to because it's it's affecting every single body. And no matter how successful you are, no matter how old you are, mental health matters. And that's why I reached out to my good friend, Miss Kimberly Prescott, who has also had her share of suffering from mental health. And done extensive research that I'm so happy and proud to call on my friend. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, Emily, welcome to the call. And I want you to be able to share your story and, you know, just let people know what you've been through because we need guidance and, um, social media for sure is not helping. This conversation that we're having, you wouldn't find loads of people on social media having these talks, letting you know how to deal with your issues. You know, people just focus on themselves, showing that, you know, they're living life and putting up a front, basically. So, share with us from your experience what you've encountered with mental health.
1: Yes, well, thanks for having me, Anthony. It's really one of my passions to be talking about this and to, you know, see where we can go with these few episodes that we're about to embark on. Um, so, you know, just piggybacking on what you said, there are a lot of, you know, men who do go around feeling like, you know, it's it's not strong to be vulnerable. Um, and ladies, too, you know um a lot of women feel that we must carry the load of you know our children or our mothers or parents or you know siblings and things like that so so i do hope that we can reach to a point that is very beneficial um in terms of what we're able to share here um with each other so um my story right uh so <laughs> Uh, so I was, you know, sitting down and thinking, what is my story? Because like all of us it's difficult to really sum up or summarize, you know, a whole bunch of experiences that we go through, but I would say for me, um, my time in medical school studying um you know theory the basic science portion of it was i would say my tipping point or my turning point of really um confronting myself really um you know seeing things i never saw before and experiencing um you know anxiety depression mood swings and things like that so so that's what we're gonna delve into today and um it's gonna be me being very vulnerable which I don't do <laughs> which I don't do very often. So just bear with me. Alright, so yeah, so like I said, um med school itself is hard and any medical students listening would know that it's really about how much you put in and um so my you know my issue is not really with um the content or the workload or the healthcare field. It's just that um it's a it's a very strenuous area of study that if you don't balance, you find yourself um in a completely different mind space Mm. like I know I spoke to a friend you know you know after a couple of semesters and he was like you know I just I'm just having these thoughts and I just don't know where they come from like really really dark thoughts that he never really put out in words, and he's, he's just like wondering you know, because you have so much time to yourself, you have, it's a bit of isolation, you don't talk to family and friends much, you're studying a lot, you're on your own, and sometimes you do un feelings that, you know, maybe from childhood or whatever, that you never really had to confront or address, and, um, for me, I think that was where some of my mood swings would, um, would come from, and, um, There's something that I would like to touch on, which I've heard a couple of medical students also touch on and just successful people in general talking about imposter syndrome, you know, which is after you feel like you have, you know, you're feeling like you're moving forward to success, you know, any career and you're way past a point um, of, you know, development and learning that, that, so you know, you've improved, but somehow you feel like you don't deserve to be where you are. You feel like a fraud in your position. You feel like, you know, just a wave of you are incapable, even though the evidence shows differently. And it's difficult to really understand why the brain does this or like just feel so really impatient with yourself like I became very self-critical in not just what I was accomplishing but like who I was as a person how I showed up in my family how I showed up in my community like just judging my whole entire life um and I mean I must say it's because I had so much time alone (laughs) it's like instead of focusing on outward um you know things to accomplish is just like oh let me go inside and kind of rearrange and judge (laughs) yeah so everything was just torn like a spotlight inside which in hindsight I mean right now I'm super grateful for that period of you know I would say self-discovery but going through it it could be one of the most tumultuous you know experiences because at that time um, I w- it's difficult to find people that I felt comfortable and free talk, you know, relating certain things to them, right. you know, even we have you know lots of friends, or you know, A you can sit company. down, yeah, you could sit down and talk to anybody about anything, but when it comes to your own experience of life, sometimes it really takes someone who you know is. non-judgmental or, you know, so, so me not having anybody else to, you know, well, I had a few people, but, you know, you don't see them often or whatever, but, but also just not wanting to share at all, (laughs) like, like, it was my responsibility to deal with my, my head, so.
0: I mean, that's, 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 more or less what we, what we're saying, like, people are afraid to be vulnerable, they're afraid of being judged, you know, they're they're afraid of other people comparing themselves and say, you're not good enough, you don't deserve to be here, and that's what we're trying to break, you know, being vulnerable means being needy, you know, being in a state where you don't know what to do and you're depending on someone else to help, so... How how did you get past you being vulnerable and not wanting to share?
1: Yeah, so um, it's acknowledging that you do need help, and mm. you actually, you know, it's not meant for you to do everything alone. Like mm. it really does help to have a perspective outside of yourself to to shed some light on on your situation because we do have a type of tunnel vision when we are actually going through it and yeah. sometimes need a perspective outside looking in you know somebody in a completely different mind space who could kind of give you oh no you did this and this but you can't see it when when you're in it you know yeah so, so true what what changed for me what which is um what, when it really got bad which is um I started just crying a lot. <laughs> I would not like, I would not underscore that. Like, I've cried like the most of crying my life, just mm. sobbing, right? Because, um, so I'm just opening, so pushing myself to that point of feeling like I need to open up. So, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't me making a A conscious decision. It was like, no, somebody help me, please. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so, so then I did. Um, when it got bad, and I I spoke to you know a person at the time who felt I was, I, you know, was really had my back. So, when I did open up, I felt way better. Just even Mm -hmm. saying, you know, a, a couple sentences and releasing some of that. Yeah, I just realized. Wow, this really helps. Even though they didn't tell me what to do, they didn't, you know, yeah. give me direction. Just that releasing of it coming out of my mind and into, you know, words. That was even just that was like, oh, I don't have to keep it all in. So, yeah.
0: you see, the thing yeah. is, as human beings, we're we're social creatures. You know, we're not made to to live by ourselves to be alone and by ourselves and there's a saying no man is an island you know yeah. so it's it's really inspiring um to hear like you just being able to to know that someone is there listening is already helping towards your your healing and that's that's something i want to encourage people who are listening like if you're going through something it doesn't help any way to just keep it to yourself, you know, just to to keep up on appearance or to seem strong and you know, our our mothers and fathers and grandparents did that for years. Yes. You know, but in secret they wouldn't tell you, they cry. You know, before they go to bed at night, they would kneel down and pray or go somewhere and cry and when the kids come around, they're like, Yeah, I'm alright <laughs> You know, they dry their tears quick.
1: Just cleaning up a little, like by parents, it it helps the kid, the child, to kind of enter into your feelings, you know, and and even so, there's the vulnerability between, you know, our pairs and you know, women and men, but also vulnerability between parents and children is a big thing too, um because parents feel they have to keep it together too, but really it helps your child to understand if you can say something you know in my childhood there was you know I had to go through this and you share a little bit too so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and I mean that's that's part of the problem it's like if everyone walks around not being vulnerable just keeping it or seemingly keeping it together it makes it difficult for people who are suffering to be like oh is it okay for me to share you know would people judge me if I'm feeling suicidal or if I'm feeling like I have no one and mm-hmm. that's that's really the cycle that we're trying to break you know if if we let people know it's okay to share it's okay to be vulnerable um men it is okay to cry you know I cry yeah. a lot you know not yeah. very often but when I do cry it's like you could fill a bucket um <laughs> But that's yeah. the that's cycle we're just trying to break. It is okay to be vulnerable and to, to let your emotions come out.
1: Right. And yeah. Yeah, definitely knowing what to do with all these emotions that we have. It's like there's no there's no real teaching or, you know, it's just kind of we kind of find a way, you know, to deal with emotions. But we all have so much emotions. Yeah. And channel them properly is where we kind of screwing up. <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. we just lost, you know. Yeah. What do we do with these emotions? Love, fear,
0: yeah,
1: anxiety, you know.
0: Yeah. While well, while you're talking, um, uh, a thought came back, you know, just reflecting on my own mental health experience. Like I went through a phase where I didn't share what I was going through because you know I was in the public's eye and trying to keep image up and whatever but there were times when I would sit at my dinner table and just thinking on everything I was going through and literally blood streamed down my nose down my face and it's like that's the extent to which keeping things in could hurt you and there's um I'm not sure if if it's scientifically proven, But there's this notion going around that mental and psychological pain is just as bad as physical pain. And I don't know if it's true, but from my experience, just sitting, thinking, keeping all your thoughts in could cause, you know, blood capillary or whatever to burst in your brain. And it's not healthy to keep things in. That's basically what I wanted to say
1: that really puts things into perspective and i do want to touch on that because so it's real there's um somatic syndrome conversion syndrome there's psychological states that bring about real symptoms in the body right and who knows maybe a lot of our you know headaches and things that we have is from mentally ruminating on things too. So yeah. I, I did find like a statistic, um, an article on WebMG which was talking about, well, is loneliness an epidemic? Yeah. You know, a serious question. And there's studies that that um you know people with severe loneliness and this type of um you know very limited connection to others yeah. they have a two percent um more likely chance to die earlier than more connected people oh. right because mental stress is creating a stressful physical condition you know inflammation is more likely to be up because the same stress hormone is being released so even though we think you know it's going on behind here it's not real out here it's still creating a lot of states in the body that don't help us to remove, you know, cancer cells that don't help us to remove to increase our immune system. So, right. so that's why mental health is so very important. But, but it's, it's such it's a thing that is out of sight, out of mind. So, yeah. I am glad that we were able to spend some time on it.
0: Right, and um, with that, um. You know, mental health, the fact that it is it has been largely ignored for decades and there's so much work to do, there's so much impact it has on our well being. Like we can't talk about everything in this one conversation. So you know, I just wanna let people know this is just the first of a mini series talking about mental health and just sharing how taking care of your mind could take care of your body and your mood oh, wow. and how successful you are as an individual but back to your story you know you suffering from mental health in university and realizing the need to start opening up and sharing um what did sharing actually do you know like i don't think you you told your story in depth because you yeah, yeah how, how, how did you manage to get out of that
1: mental state something else about sharing right because you know I can share with a physical person you know a friend or whatever but a lot of people don't have or just don't feel comfortable doing that at first right so I did begin journaling which which is another way to express what what has been suppressed so so In my last few semesters, I started, you know, just writing out. Um, and what that did for me was it brought a lot of subconscious thoughts to my conscious mind. So, and in the time it takes you to actually write, right? Because I don't like type. I rather write. So it kind of slows down my thinking and you're just able to process and actually bring it out. So, that has been something I've kept up even now of just, um, yeah, just writing, you know, which is you giving your most valuable, um, attention to yourself and to what's going on in your mind. Right. So, so, you know, I want to so, go on um,
0: that just a little bit. Um, like when you say write, I mean, Many of us hate to write because it's cool, but yeah. I think the the real thing that you're really doing is giving attention to what's going on. You're not ignoring it and hoping that it goes away, you know, like a, a monster under the bed. You know, it's, it's something that you need to deal with head on by first classifying or identifying what you're dealing with, what's going on in your head. And then classifying it is like, is there something I could change? Is it something um that I can't change? You know? Um But that's that's pretty much this the first yeah. step. Like you if you if you're constantly getting headaches, like you have loads of things just swirling around in your head that's not yeah. comfortable, take the time, get them down on paper and just know what they are and then you will be able to, to have an action plan to deal with it. So I'll just yeah. yeah, go on.
1: It's it's telling yourself, okay, I'm listening now. Mm. You know? Right. Okay, let's let's try to organize something. Because you're an organizer. We're all organizers. <laughs> we mm. we like a bit of order, right? So it's so it's giving yourself the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um and so I do have I do write as well on medium, right? Mm. Um, and I have shared a post about um, journaling and this there's three types of journaling that I personally use more often, which is just free writing, right? Which is what we're talking about. You pick a topic or multiple topics that come, literally whatever your stream of consciousness brings to you, that's, you just write, 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 right? Which is very therapeutic. And then another one is, um, future self. I call it future self journaling, which is, okay, I'm not really going to focus on everything that's going wrong and put out my problems. I'm going to focus on what do I want my situation to look like? Mm. How do I, how do I want to be in certain situations? How do I want to um show up for my family how do i want mm-hmm. to you know you start thinking more of in present tense mm-hmm. oh well i'm you know successful already um you know whatever it is you know and then mm-hmm. the other one is validation journaling which is you taking some good cool self-love
0: mm-hmm. the whole
1: piece mm-hmm. of I am successful, I am already the person I want to be, I am moving in the direction of you know, just good, good, good stuff. You yeah. you know, sometimes we need our own validation from our own self, you know, oh. instead of always looking for it from other people or whatever. So you actually taking time to put that down on paper for your own self is very communicates so much to you, you know. Hmm. So, um,
0: I just wanna make a comment on that which is which is so important and i looked at uh, a red table talk recently with um pinkett smith well jada and pinkett smith yeah. and it was basically talking about um what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> shame and guilt that's that's what the conversation was basically about and shame is like you putting yourself down personally for something that you did wrong like i'm stupid i'm dumb i'm weak i'm not fast enough and guilt is you recognizing that what you did wasn't the smartest thing like what i did was stupid what i did was dumb but is is making a clear distinction between who you are and your actions and many people who suffer from mental health um is usually in the past, you know, things that were done to them that they haven't taken the time to properly understand or to classify, and just ignoring it, and it starts building up, getting to a point that is unbearable, and that's when you start physically suffering. But um, like yeah. if it's something you've done in the past, you know, whatever it is, I, I, there's so many things people do. The the distinction needs to be, what I did was dumb but I'm intelligent. You know, people make mistakes. And usually, I, I mean, I, I do it a lot. <laughs> you know, a simple thing as failing a test, um, I would have a good couple minutes just going over it in my head. Is like, I can't get rid of it and just thinking about it. But I never once say, I am stupid. You know, I say, yeah, I could have done that differently. And that's something I really hope people... Take note of, you know, don't constantly put yourself down because it's speaking that into existence. It's telling yourself that you could never be better. But if you say rather, "What I did was stupid, but I'm a good person, or I will do something better in the future," it it makes a clear distinction in your subconscious mind that you want to be good. You know, you're mm-hmm. not constantly staring yourself in a in a dark place. And that's something I really hope people listen to. You know, positively affirm yourself. Give yourself some, some kudos when you do something yeah. good. If you do something bad, just label it as bad, learn from it, move on.
1: Exactly. Um, that's so important. Um, and it's not only about labeling it as bad because what I've found is there is, there is good and bad. <laughs> If you label, if you label everything as growth, <laughs> that changes perspective a lot too. Mm. You know, a lot of hardship or mistakes that we make also lay the platform to learn what, some of our greatest lessons too. So, so I think what you just said there about distinguishing where your identity is. Am um, I, you know, where are you labeling yourself? Um, distinguishing something, an action that you did from who you are, yeah, <laughs> is two so completely. completely different. One is temporary, and one is permanent. Mm. You know, so, so like even me, like I, I, I started to cut down my time. Like I would ruminate for days on a certain thing, and now I'm trying to cut it down to like like five minutes, <laughs> like. So, so instead yeah. of beating up myself, I'm trying to switch into, okay, let me self-correct. Yes, I know I did this, but yeah. let me just take a breath and do what I actually intended, my real intention, you know, because you're not a bad person. <laughs> we, yeah. We're all looking for happiness. We're all looking for a more united place to live. You know, we we don't go around wanting to be serial killers and drug addicts. It comes out what has happened to us, you know, the the environment and stuff, but our intention, like, get back to what your intention really is and bring that into each moment and each choice. Self-correct automatically. Forgive yourself automatically because who is going to do it for you, you know? No one. No Mm. one. You have to pick your own up sometimes you have to hold your own hand you have to take care of your own self of course i mean it it really that really is what it boils down to um making sure you're okay or else everything else is gonna look like it's not okay
0: yeah you know i want to make a distinction because early on we were saying like if you're suffering you should share with people and now we're saying to take care of yourself. We're not saying, like, taking care of yourself means not sharing, you know? Oh,
1: no.
0: Yeah, if you're going through something that's really bothering you, you should seek help. But at some point, you should, you know, have have the the self-care enough to, to start doing things that would get you out of that, which includes sharing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. that's doing so, yeah.
1: something. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make that distinction
1: there. Yeah, that's true. Um so where were we? Well I guess, you know, in just <laughs> summing up my story, which is going through uh really uh just a self critical time, a very well you know, feeling really lonely too. Um you know moving towards anxiety and well how i develop anxiety and you know yes. feeling depressed is um you know it was also a time of losing friends a time of you know like taking a fine teeth comb through what it is am i actually believing about the world about religion about in just every aspect of my life what are my beliefs what is to me, what is where do I stand? Where do you know? So it was a time of, um, you know, I wouldn't say anything bad, I'll say it's a time of blooming <laughs> because you know that's what that's what it was, you know, in retrospect. But, um, but I did get anxiety from it, social anxiety, um, to be specific, and. I started to isolate myself a bit more than I'd like to. Uh, So I was telling you earlier, you know, before this call, but I did develop chest pains from anxiety because, you know, anxiety, like, like you said, it does produce real symptoms that could be that we, we don't really, we kind of just get, comfortable with a few chest pains here and there, a few headaches here and there, mm-hmm. a few out of breath moments, you know. And and um your body does tell you when it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, but we kinda have to slow down too. So I saw the progression from migraines, you know, back in the day to serious chest pains where I couldn't breathe, you know, in med school, you know. Mm-hmm. And um it reached a point where it got so bad that I literally sat down with myself. I'm like, no, okay, no, we're not gonna do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I am not gonna myself. You know, think it like, no, you better get it together because I was like, no, we're not gonna do this. Literally talking to myself, <laughs> and from then I start, you know, I started to do different things to calm myself down. Yeah. Um, and, and also just talking to myself differently because I noticed it was my self-thought. I was triggering a lot of things mm. and, and you know, switching negative thoughts with positive ones. Another thing I did was, so, you know, your phone could be your best friend or it could not be. So what I started mm. doing was I would actually set like alarms or reminders on my phone that would ping during the day with positive. Mm. So that I'm reminded, like, um, you know, you are walking towards your goal. Keep going, you know, right. stuff like that. Um, there was one which I'm gonna be really vulnerable, but there was one that I still have today, which is you deserve to be here. Like, imagine I had to <laughs> tell myself, you know, remind myself, oh yeah, I deserve to be here. You know, I did, I did work well for this. <laughs> So like, oh. even those, those phone reminders and, you know, it was kind of like I used to hide my phone or whatever because it was messages for me, you know, but one mm-hmm. time a friend did see it and he was like, oh, I like your phone reminders. I think I'm going to start doing that too. <laughs> so, you know, um, you never know what you're doing could help people get through because this is you doing it too. So,
0: yeah.
1: So, um yeah
0: That's um really powerful stuff like i'm i'm actually gonna use some of them that you mentioned <laughs> uh, <laughs> but something um, something really simple and it's it's the one i took it's the strategy i use just get yourself away from from the source you know like some of us are in situations or jobs that are literally driving us mad um, uh relationships um you know uh, it's not always just a state of being it could also be a physical surroundings and some of the people that you're with and in my situation i had to physically remove myself in order to get some headspace to to think and to start identifying and labeling you know what i was going through so in addition to what you just mentioned some of these tools it you could even start as simple as just removing yourself whether it is taking a long walk, or going on a a nice short vacation, or an extended one like me <laughs> joining the army, um, mm-hmm. it it really does go a long way if you are able to to have silence, you know, quiet, serenity to to be able to think.
1: Yeah, the environment is super important.
0: Yeah. Um. And on that note, um, I'm just gonna introduce another topic in for our next episode, like social media. Um, we spend loads of time on social media, and it is doing nothing good for our mental health. And yeah, we we we're gonna save. are <laughs> so, gonna save it for next episode. Yeah, if, but if
1: we don't know what to look for. Social yeah. media. Yeah. If we're not yeah. in control of what we're feeding on. <laughs> yeah. That's very dangerous.
0: <laughs> so we we'll be talking about um, social media and personal identity and all of these things in the next episode. And I just really want to thank you so much, Kimberly, for partnering with me to do this mini series on mental health. Because you know, I I don't know it all. I need help. You know, like so I'm I'm leaning on your experiences to to. <laughs> share things that people would find useful and for those who have been listening and you you know you're at that point where you want to start doing your own research and investing in yourself um Kimberly could you just share where to find your articles
1: so it's um currently on medium and you can just type in my name Prescott. you know And I have a few articles there on a couple of things, but mostly personal development and mental health. Um, Yeah. And also follow me on Instagram, Deja Fire, D-E-J-A-F-I-R-E. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. Um, Medium is a website, yeah?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Right. So just Uh, medium.com yeah all right well thanks a lot Kimberly and I'll catch you in the next one
1: okay great thank you Anthony bye everyone